Okay. But I thought that was only available through like secret unofficial channels that your like grandma knows in Japan or something. It's become clear that for five pounds, <laughs> less than five, for, for less than five dollars, you can get 200 grams. And the shipping in the UK would cost an additional for three or four pounds. Let um, total probably less than 10 to 15 dollars. You can get yourself a packet of this. Started during lockdown, needed something to do. Talking to you, and so from a garden shed in a box room in West London, they're discussing tech. It's the Small Time Best Podcast. How are you doing? Happy New Year! Happy New Year. Um, good. Yeah, back to work. Yeah, you seem energized off that first day back. So, is there going to be some kind of NFT competition we're running in our Discord? Oh God, that's a good point. We have one entry so far, and. If no one else enters, that person will win both of Oh, right. Both of them. Okay. Well, we have two to give away and, yeah. you know. So there's an NFT of a guy surfing on a frying egg. It's a doodle vibe. And then there's your NFT, which is... Starry Night Pokemon thingy. Which it looks... looks like a Van Gogh version of some Pokemons fighting. It's stupid. It's like so those are the two cool. things you could win. And how do you enter and thereby win? You follow the link to our Discord and the instructions are in the Discord. It's really right. simple. What does that even mean? Where's the link? The link is either on our show notes, which are on the bottom of your podcast app when you're listening to this, or you can go to our Twitter where it's also in our Twitter bio. Unbelievable. Well done. So I think we're going to start this week's chat with some predictions and some New Year's resolutions. Can we do resolutions first? Go for it. Do you have any good ones? No, I have none. Oh, I don't you have do, none. You I don't, don't really do, do this. I don't do... I think one resolution I have is I shouldn't be staying up late on TikTok. I thought you were going to say I shouldn't be staying up late recording podcasts <laughs> and talking crap. Um, yeah, TikTok's probably not a good thing to... So, so that it's links very, in with... It's very addictive. Or as we say in North America, it's very addicting. <laughs> do they say that? What? It's like wrong wrong Get with the program. And that's kind of linked to one of mine. One of mine is just be more present. I don't really do social media already, so that's not really something I can cut. Um, what situations do you want to be more present in? Do you just want to be more present in the moment? I think there's moments where I do probably just dive into my phone as a distraction from whatever's happening that I'm bored with in the moment. Mm. Probably something I need to... Just be aware of. I've turned off all notifications on my phone, so I don't really get those much. And um, at night, my phone goes to like black and white mode, gray Mm -hmm. mode, which which is crazy. You know, um, the Center for Humane Technology, I think we've discussed it before. Yeah. Um, Tristan Harris is the guy who set that up, like former Facebook person. A lot of the things they'd suggested have been implemented as part of like iOS and Android avoid distractions or yeah. set nighttime mode or dim the lights, all those things. I, I put in a lot of those things before it became just native parts of the OS. Mm. But then I still, I have that habit of like now dipping into Twitter, Discord, other Discords, not ours, and then dipping into the, the price charts. So I'm going to stop staring at charts. It's hard to put the phone down, isn't it? I mean, it's been designed that way. And then everyone who makes any app has then further designed it that way so it's just like a constant press the button the pellet drops sort of rewiring our brains i think the phone should never be in the bedroom that's key 
But how do you put the phone down at the end of the day? As you wind towards the day, you think, gosh, this day has been somewhat unfulfilling. If I could only just squeeze a few more drops of dopamine out of this black rectangle, then maybe it could have amounted to something. That's when it's very hard to put the phone down. Mm. Because there seems to be like, there could be some information, just something that I'm missing that makes it all hang together. Yeah, maybe. I think it's also, we're not very good at sleeping. Last episode, I recommended the book, Why We Sleep. And it was like, there's a whole chapter by that about how we're like really bad at naturally sleeping. Like, I don't know about you, but I use my phone to like play podcasts or play things at night to like help me sleep because silence and my own thoughts is just somehow something I'm not used to these days. So yeah, I think it's all linked to that. And that's something that's very tangible to do. The phone must not be in the bedroom. It's an anathema to the things of sleep. So any other major resolutions? Mm, That's pretty much it. Good for you. I think we should look ahead to 2022. I'd be interested to hear your predictions for what's going to happen in the year that we're in. Should we take it in in the coming 12 months? Yeah. I think... um, Okay. Trouble is all mine are right. So you're going to intersperse my my correct ones with your wrong ones. So it's going to really dilute it. We can cut them in post once yours are proven correct. We'll just come back and re-edit this episode and make sure everything came true. Um, So... One of mine, I think that we will finally get to a point where we are able to live alongside COVID this Great. year. But by the end of February, COVID Omicron is regarded as over and it's basically treated as flu. Was that a prediction? That's just the facts. I'm stating the facts. These are not. <laughs> um, however, on the back of COVID, I think one of the big trends this year will be made to order medical services because kind of what people really used to vaccine vaccine second dose booster vaccine you know all the stats and figures around who's impacted by what and i think the stuff that we talked about ages ago about 23andme and having these personalized services based on your genetic makeup i think that's going to be a trend this year just because everyone's very conscious suddenly everyone's become an armchair virologist and that's like that was something none of us were a couple mm. of years ago and i think that mindset it just primes everyone for products that are targeting better health tailored medical services all that stuff okay throw me another one mm, oh here's one i think meta will just keep failing to get people interested in vr okay and are you going to do that via you're saying it will have low adoption numbers on the platform horizons the thing that they've launched already or are you saying that like the Oculus won't get many people using or that then the glove thing isn't going to, what do you, how do you see that playing out? What, what metrics do I use to measure it by? What will their failure look like in practice? Will it look like Mark Zuckerberg doing embarrassing things on <laughs> green screen backgrounds? I mean, that may always happen. No, I think it'll be like 3D TVs where there was the hype, everyone went out and bought one and then the content and the actual people using it never happens. So sure, there'll be Oculus sales and there'll be hype and everyone will get excited by the the ideas of it. And maybe some companies will pilot these like virtual, oh, we're going to do a virtual meetup where, with the Oculus and stuff. But then I think it'll just fizzle slowly. Like three, I, I found when we were clearing out the house over New Year's, I found some 3D TV glasses for a TV we no longer own. And I went, I, I find it weird to throw this away. This is technology. But I was like, who needs this thing with a tiny coin battery that does the polarized lenses thing for a TV mm. that no longer exists? Who needs this? Right, right. And it's like, that's what it will be for mm. the next year. 
But they're putting a lot of developer money behind it. But I think you're right. Give me another one. No, I want to hear one of yours. Okay. It's not very tech-related. I, I realise that matter. now. Not um, all of mine are tech. You know the Ukraine? I don't think it has a the. It's only the Gambia where you prefix it with the as part of like, the country's name. So, Ukraine. I'm told this a lot at home. You know um, <laughs> you know the Taiwan? <laughs> Wait, Ukraine or Taiwan? You know the whole Russia-Ukraine situation and the whole China-Taiwan situation? Right, yes. Yeah, so the thing is that you should know that neither the Ukraine nor Taiwan are invaded in 2022. Ooh, interesting. Do you want another one? Well, These uh, are just facts. These aren't on, predictions. Okay, like so to know another, another fact. Can I give you a fact about China? That's linked. Yeah. Not linked to it, but it's relevant. In November, Xi Jinping will be re-elected. Do you know that it's she brackets he slash him? <laughs> um, so he'll be re-elected as China continues its move down an extreme authoritarian path. Fun fact, in 2022, mainland China begins to see signs of social unrest online in gaming, and into the middle classes. Ooh. Wait, you're, you're predicting the demise of China? No, the beginnings of signs of social unrest where you wouldn't have normally expected to see it. And, ooh, interesting. I can see that playing out. Speaking of unrest, I think the Dems will lose their majority in the midterms. In the US, inflation goes to 10%. See, that's I, I've got the opposite. So I think inflation, as measured by CPI... Was Mine was CPI. Which means that actual inflation will be considerably higher than 10% in 2022. So I think CPI will start to come down. Is that because of the Fed action around tapering and also the interest rate adjustment three times? Mm, I think it's a combination of Fed action, interest rates, but also supply chain issues that Ooh. are not going to get fully resolved, but we'll start to see them. You think we'll see second order effects? That was the sound of me shaking my head because chip shortages continue through 2022, affecting car manufacturers, except Tesla, affecting EV charger manufacturers, except Tesla, and also impacting wind turbines and solar and consumer electronics. Except Tesla. Except Apple. <laughs> chip shortages, I think that's a good prediction, actually, because I think that will... It's not a prediction. It's just a fact about 2022. Okay, but I think that's a fact that may be borne out by the fact. Um, <laughs> but... Other supply chain issues, along with other, let's face it, artificial shortages on energy, which have propped up energy prices. I think that will come down. I think, you know, no one mentions OPEC's actions that have basically recouped their losses that they made during big sh shutdowns in COVID, keeping oil prices slightly artificially inflated, leading to higher energy prices, leading to much higher CPI measures of inflation around the world. I mean, that cannot persist forever. And I think that will come down. So although your basket of goods when it comes to your new laptop and new car may remain quite high, secondhand cars may still be high value. I think all of your other supply chain things that were just disrupted by not enough container ship, just infrastructure issues and COVID shutdown issues, I think that will start to get easier, which will surprise people because inflation won't it will still be higher than 2%, but it will start to come down. It won't start to go up further from where it is. So in, in Europe, the high natural gas prices should be eased once the Russia-Ukraine situation unlocks itself and then great, there's more natural gas flowing into Europe. That's, the energy situation isn't isn't just localised to, to OPEC. True. But also a lot of that will change once we hit spring and summer. 
Mm -hmm. So there's only one left for me, which is, is there a big stock market crash in 2022? And the answer is no. Hmm. So you may have been expecting one because a lot of savvy investors have switched out of, just got the hell out or dialed down their, their exposure. And Michael Burry has been warning about this since April and as have many others. And because everything is so, so painfully disconnected from reality, price to earnings, the, the SPAC valuations, horrible. But that crash that was sort of hanging over everything, like the pressure before the thunderstorm breaks, that crash, that's not in 2022. Facts. <laughs> Which interestingly is the opposite of what Prof G says in his 2022 sneak peek predictions. He thinks that fundamental valuation will come back in play and everything like Tesla, Rivian, all these other extremely extended stocks will just get revalued. I actually agree with you. I think that's what will get borne out in 2022. So I think remote working continues, at least for some industries. And I think it starts to have a knock-on impact on other areas of society that haven't really been experienced yet because things have majoritively been locked down. So I think commercial real estate, think like city life when it comes to retail and commercial real estate occupancy. I think all of that will start to really shift we're quite gregarious social animals with a short memory. And as of the end of February, in the absence of any new other variant beating out Omicron, there's going to be a gradual return back to that kind of urban life. But it won't be the entirety. And I don't think things can function the way they used to without a complete return. For instance, we have, you, we you've have got, different viewpoints on this. You've got companies that have like actively hired people who just don't live in the same city just because they can search for talent further away and it's all remote over the last two years. They're not going to go to those people who come all the way to the city that your office happens to be in to, you know, five days a week. They're just not. I just, I so think... So how are those people going to get their prep? <laughs> well, exactly. I think you're going to see some of those knock-on impacts. I actually think what you might see, and I don't know if it will be WeWork or someone else, but I think you'll see, like... You know how commuter settlements sprung up as places where people would like live, but then they commute to the central office workplace? I think you're going to see that start to disperse. So you'll get a dispersal of like office hubs. I think that's a realistic way that, and it's a, a cheaper way of running a business. So I think when people have had two years to look at property, start going, oh, we're doing 10 floors of this building. Realistically, we actually only need three now. But we also want to have that office culture and, you know, people are, they do like to go back and meet. How can we create little, not virtual, but like little remote pop-up hubs for people where they can actually go into an office and meet people? I think that's what will happen more in 2022. And it's a more attractive way of getting the right talent to your business. So anyway, I think that might happen. Um, Oscar predictions. I think June will win a lot of Oscars. Cool. However, I think the surprise winner is going to be Spencer. I think Kristen Stewart will probably win for her portrayal of Diana in Spencer. If you haven't seen it, it is a fantastic film. Like, don't get me wrong, loved June. But if there's a film you need to see, because it will just break every expectation, got to see Spencer. Right. Wow. Would it be? Would it do a Rodham for me? As in, will it rehabilitate the memory of Princess Diana after the fact in a kind of fictionalised account of her life? The same way that Rodham 
no. the Curtis Sittenfeld book just changed how I thought about Hillary Clinton. Mm, no, but I think it will allow you to empathise with anyone who, whether it's Diana or it's Megan or it's just people who are in contact with the royal family in that setting, it will it'll allow you to empathise with what it's like to have all of your agency removed in an extremely controlled environment. It's just a fantastic film. You have to have to see it. I think that will be a surprise winner. I think it's going to scoop at least Best Actress with Kristen Stewart, but maybe a couple other upsets. The whole, the, the, the kind of toxicity of the, what's happening to the royal brand because of Prince Andrew and the way that this situation will play out into that year will be into the coming, into the year that we're in as we go through into 2022. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that has an impact on your Oscar prediction. Yeah, because it could play either way. So thank you for your 2022 predictions. Jonathan. I think it's time for the not a sponsor. This week's not a sponsor is, you know, the umami flavour that you know and love from various kinds of cooking. Umami, a kind of hard to place sort of sweet sourness. Savoury. It's the savoury. So... That flavour, so shiokoji, or just koji, is this week's not a sponsor. It's a kind of fermented rice paste that you can use to marinate meat. And for about £5, you can buy a packet of this, 200 grams of it. And it can be shipped to anywhere in the UK or US from the links that will be in the show notes. And it does something to the surface of meat. So it's a fermented rice paste. It's a very old traditional mixture it tenderizes the surface of any meat you add it to so add a tenth of the volume of the meat to the the surface of it and shiokoji salt koji will change any steak or fish that you marinate it in worth trying that's this week's not a sponsor it's shiokoji a originally japanese chef's ingredient this is amazing this is that one that i tried yeah. when you did that bar oh my god okay but I thought that was only available through like secret unofficial channels that your like grandma knows in Japan or something. It's become clear that for five pounds, <laughs> less than five, for, for less than five dollars, you can get 200 grams. And the shipping <laughs> in the UK would cost an additional for three or four pounds. Uh, total, probably less than 10 to 15 dollars. You can get yourself a packet of this. Amazing. That is a great, not a sponsor. I'm, I'm going to, do you have a discount code? There is no discount code. However, sales do exist in January. Amazing. Cool. So for this week in crypto. This week in crypto. I thought we could look forward in the same way. So predictions for the year. Wow. I just wanted to briefly point out the Bitcoin went from about 48,000 US dollars down to about 46,000 US dollars. And it's just generally sort of ping-ponging around in that space whilst the rest of the market has, broadly speaking, gone down over the past week. In the equities stocks market, it's been an astonishing comeback at the start of this year. We've seen huge gains, except for during the course of today, where things began to dip back again a little bit. So, for example, this week in Tesla, which is obviously the one that we, we all care about, saw a phenomenal 30%, 20 to 30% rise in its value largely based off of Tesla's beating its own production figures, despite that coming on a tail of announcing a larger product recall and Elon announcing that he has finished selling some of his stock. Other than Tesla, were there any other winners? 
this week. Apple. Yeah, so Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, uh, again, relevant because of our conversation in China, China-Taiwan, has done very well. I mean, seeing a major uptick from 120 to 136 uh, this week. Oh, yeah, Airbnb. I mean, generally, everything that has to do with people's jitters about the travel industry. And so a lot of airlines that had seen major flight cancellations due to staff shortages due to Omicron, which had then impacted their stock price, saw those recover, but then also rebound on optimism after Omicron began to look like it wasn't the thing that we thought it was. So what we discussed a few weeks ago, not on this podcast, but just offline, that kind of has come to pass. We never talk offline. What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We should have kept it in. The thing is, you said I was going to channel Chamath Palpataya through you. You kind of said this whole Omicron thing is is a nothing burger. And when it gets to the other side, there'll be a huge uh, uptick in the sentiment. And I thought about what you said. I disagreed with it very strongly. And then some days later, I realised, no, he's right. And it's time to get back into the markets exactly two weeks ago today. Since then, it's been an upward journey. I think that's how I remember it too. So that was this week's market. Do you have any facts for 2022 in the world of crypto? Fun fact, 2022, US stablecoin regulation finds a regulatory home, by which what we mean is that at the moment the problem has been that in the overlapping remits of the US regulatory system, it was no one's job to do crypto and it was no one's job to do stablecoins. In 2022 is the year that stablecoins find a regulatory home. They have someone to look after them. And they also get a political sponsor to work on the legislation. But the legislation doesn't come into play before the launch of the digital renminbi. Interesting. On stablecoins, I think USDC will flip USDT by market cap. Okay. So So how close is it already? That's because that's quite um, a bold one, isn't it? It's it would have to like double isn't from it? where it is. Right, 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 right. Yeah, um, no, this is quite a bold it, one because tether uh, is kind of at the moment sort of head and shoulders above the rest. It's enormous in volume, but I think the flipping happens in twenty twenty two, and I think it's tied to that regulation bold one aspect because okay. once once USDC starts to get approved from a regulatory perspective, everything else has to shift, right? Tether becomes untouchable. Tether was primarily the one that Chinese people were using to get money out of China. I just think everything falls in line. But if that happens and the regulatory thing kicks in, the other prediction I have is that stable coins make CBDCs obsolete in the West. Now, I don't know what that means when it comes to policy, because I think some people have a vested interest in making CBDCs happen. That's central bank digital currencies. But I think, like you said, strong regulatory footing for US dollar stable coins. It just makes it so much easier for people to say, okay, we'll just use those. That's interesting. And your use of the word obsolete is an interesting word choice, right? Because you're basically saying it will negate the the value of it coming into being before it even exists. Hmm. So the CBDC for the European Central Bank would be working on. People would say that the central bank version of the digital euro, why you know, we're going to still keep working on it because we all have jobs and we want to keep <laughs> keep our jobs. But even if it's launched, its adoption will be lacklustre because yeah. this digital regulated version of the stablecoin dollar is the thing that already we take shelter under. And it's, you know, it's the reserve currency 
times two. Well, also, there are already equivalent stablecoin ones of the euro, right? So people would just say, oh, if the US can adopt a US dollar stablecoin that's not run by the Fed, then surely Europe can operate on a euro-backed stablecoin that's not operated by the European Central Bank. Here's one. Here's one that's actually true. So Amazon does something cool on payments. And so it's going to be outside of the Visa MasterCard rails. It's no, no longer going to need to lean on those. And it, it's going to, as we've talked about in the past, it's going to have loyalty and incentives to loyalty baked in. That's 2022. In You think Amazon, Amazon. will do that in 2022? Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I think we mentioned that might happen. I just, it feels less... Real. You're kind of second-guessing yourself. It's something that's cool that's going to happen. It's just a fact. Okay, that's a fact. Another fact, MicroStrategy will buy more Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> that mm. is actually a fact. <laughs> that's not really a prediction. <laughs> I think it is. It's just an extension of a trend line. Here's something decisive. ETH2 will be a massive anticlimax, leading to a huge sell-off. Ooh. Remind me of the timelines. When When is that coming good? Mm, like could be like February, March, April, early sort of Q1. Yep. At the moment, I think everyone's hope is they think ETH2 solves everything and they don't realize that there's phases to it and that actually just a move to proof of stake doesn't solve scalability, it doesn't solve gas prices, it doesn't solve a lot of things. It doesn't make Ethereum the thing it will be in sort of two or three years' time. But what it does do is it means that all those people who've been staking ethereum on the beacon chain locking it up essentially they suddenly get access to it and can move it and sell it mm. which given ethereum is still quite highly priced it's gone up a lot in the last 12 months yeah there's going to be selling pressure so i think everyone will hype it it will probably go up in value before mm-hmm. the eth2 event and assuming that goes well and they shift fully to proof of stake which then puts all of the climate energy uses things at rest and everyone gets excited and then they go oh it doesn't this doesn't solve everything, does it? No, this is just hmm. one phase in a big plan. Big yeah. sell-off. Hmm. I've been listening to the Bankless podcast. Oh, they're good. Recently, and I haven't given you any warning of this. Could you spin a convincing tale, a yarn, about what's going to happen with Ethereum versus other layer ones and how this Ethereum 2.0 is going to play out with all the layer 2 solutions and you know, how quickly does it come to pass that Ethereum wins the day and actually wins out? Is this a 2022 story or is it further into the distance? Or is the fact is that actually we'll have a bunch of layer ones and those layer twos aren't going to go away anytime soon? What does the Bankless podcast say? They had a good prediction in there about watch out for layer twos doing tokens and airdrops. Because apart from DYDX and Avalanche, the, the others need to tokenize to create the right tokenomics and incentives to get the adoption that they ought by rights to have in, in this space, like Arbitrum. There's two things happening there, though. So to- airdrops, I think that was one of my other predictions. You know, 2017 was like the year of ICOs, and everyone could just have a white paper and an ICO, and it was just mad. I think 2022 will be the year of airdrop DAO. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're just going to launch an airdrop for this thing. And suddenly people can go claim it if you've used whatever. So they had one just over Christmas, which was the open DAO, which was an airdrop of tokens to OpenSea users 
who'd traded NFTs and it was like, it wasn't OpenSea doing this, it was just some random people. Then yeah, This quick, is the SOS token. This, yeah. So it's like a DAO that primarily promotes NFTs, but it also has an SOS token for if you got scammed, it will kind of have a compensatory cushion to help no, Nothing you. exists. It's like less than a white paper. It, it's it's a website, right? Um, by the way, I will circle back to layer two in a bit. But um, the second thing is was GasDAO, which came straight after it, where someone would set up another website. Oh, everyone who's paid Ethereum gas fees, you know, claim your gas or whatever. And it's like, what does this thing do? I think you're going to see a lot of that. But when you get airdropped a thing like this, you're getting airdropped it's not good. You're getting airdropped responsibility because well, it's a governance token. It's, yeah, but the, on these, there isn't any governance set up. It's literally just the ICO stuff again. But instead of it being raising capital, they're basically saying, oh, of our token allocation, we allocate this much to founders. It's like, and then when that gets traded, suddenly those people have just magic money made up. Mm. It's like it's complete. It's a another backdoor into scam ICOs. So that will be a trend because that's really hard to crack down on. Like it's so difficult. SECs can go after ICOs with white papers and founders and all that stuff. It's really hard to go after website pops up, has a claim contract and then disappears. Like you just can't. So that will happen in 2022 and some people will get rich off it and other people will just get scammed. Um, However, back to the layer two thing, I think it's a long way away from Ethereum being an outright winner. I think you're going to get lots of layer one solutions. Ethereum, Avalanche, Solana. Binance Smart Chain. Yeah, yeah, the BSC. You're going to get a lot of these layer ones that just have their own communities and use cases. And then the thing that will go as another layer one will be the internet of layer ones, which will be like Cosmos or Polkadot or things that basically connect up the cross-chain side of it and, and allow you to use Ethereum and Solana without even realizing it. And then I think layer twos, they become invisible. Sure, you'll get some airdrops and some things that help facilitate some of the governance and interest and build up communities in it to gain interest, but they should be invisible. DYDX isn't a layer two. DYDX is a exchange that used Starknet's layer two scaling solution, which is has no governance token, has no... It just runs. It's just a, a layer two that they adopted, and then it means that they have far less gas fees to deal with. I don't think the battle gets solved in 2022. One thing that I did think is, one prediction is the UX gets significantly better in 2022 for all of these applications. The way that DYDX did it, where it's just like, it feels like an actual normal app, or the way that Polymarket did it, where it's like, you literally just have an email address and you're in. I think it's like that. And I think you'll see that happen across the board in 2022 not just for centralized crypto apps, but for decentralized ones as well. Do you want to really stick your neck out and have fun with this? Are you going to do any crypto price predictions for <laughs> end of 2022 for Bitcoin and Ethereum? I'm not good at predicting facts. Do you want Do you want to? You're the market person. Mm. Should we just say that they both double? So Ethereum by the end of 2022 is at 8K US. And Bitcoin is at 100k US. Wait, so you're saying there won't be a bear market or you're saying the bear market will be confined in the middle of 2022? So I think the problem is that we've been tracking crypto to the stock market and we've seen that tracking work. Then the stock market has ended up getting memeized through this retail behavior. 
But what probably needs to happen is there's got to be an uncoupling. So when the stock market begins to wobble because of inflation and a variety of other factors, is crypto going to begin to seem more like a safe haven? And will there be an uncoupling of crypto price behavior and, and stock market price behavior? I would say yes in 2022. And therefore, to answer your question about are we going to see a bear market this coming year, I don't really subscribe to the bear market, bull market type categories for this year. It, it's been a it's been a bit of a wobbly time all over for the last six to 12 months. Overall, it's been up. The same story writ large is the story of Bitcoin. It's been a bit of a wobbly time the last five years, but overall it's been up. That's the prediction. I disagree, but I think yours is not completely unrealistic. So I think at the moment, everyone's betting things go down, right? That it's down, 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 because we know what's coming with the Fed, tightening of policy, increase of rates, yada, yada, yada. However, soon you'll see a bottoming of all of these things and we'll have a new positive spin, which will be a Ethereum futures ETF, a Bitcoin spot ETF, a physically settled Bitcoin spot ETF on the US market. And also the Ethereum 2.0 move to proof of stake. All of these will coincide with like, oh my God, it's still on everyone. <laughs> Bitcoin, 100K, all of the same stuff will come back and you'll get this massive run up by like, I don't know, March or April maybe sooner, maybe later, like around that time, sort of end of Q1. And you'll feel it and it will be mad FOMO. Doge will go up to close to a dollar. Everything will start going crazy. Um, and the stock market will track in parallel and be very excited, not even remembering that there's rate increases around the corner and that there's the Fed tightening because, you know, people are getting rich. And then we'll see that blow off top. And it may come with ETH2, it may come, which is I've already mentioned, it may come with Bitcoin getting a spot ETF. And the same way that when Bitcoin futures, mm. you know, had a, yeah. had a futures ETF, that was the top in 20, end of 2017. I think it will be the top. And then I think it will be down from there. Now, whether down from there still ends up being double what it is now by the end of the year, I don't know. But I suspect not. I think it will be roughly where it is now by the end of 2022 and it will be mad volatility in between which is a lot higher and just a lot lower we should see i'm glad we did that that's a good activity nfts one more thing i think nfts really head into the mainstream and by this i mean think nba top shops and what it did for nfts last year then think that that meets like lego and itunes so something where like music becomes a really big theme where real brands re really getting into an NFT space the way that the NBA did. I think that will happen this year and it will be disconnected. It'll be decoupled from crypto prices because no one talks about NBA top shots using Ethereum or Solana or anything, even though it's all settled with flow. No one even talks about it in flow. They talk about it in dollars. So I think that whole NFT market will continue to grow and build and explode in a very healthy way with all the crypto bag holders looking on going, huh, I'm confused. How do, how do I make money from this? How do I flip these things? Oh, I can't. This is actually NFT technology at its core with digital collectibles and digital assets happening properly, you know? I think there might be, so I, I think I'm counter to that. And I think there might be a kind of NFT fatigue in which there's a horrible, messy crash. Um, so that's me. 
But is that a crash of the current NFTs, like the apes and the punks? Or is that a crash of just NFTs as a technology? You shouldn't think of it as technology. You should think of it as a social behavioral craze, a behavioral pattern. Let's move on. You know how NFTs came out, kind of came out of nowhere, you know, having been there for four years, <laughs> yeah. kind of came out of nowhere. And suddenly, <laughs> suddenly it was all about NFTs. And they stole all of the oxygen out of the room from what DeFi was supposed to be coming into. Right? Hmm. So what can we do the same trick this year? So in 2022, what will be the thing that blindsides us in the crypto slash DeFi slash NFT space that sucks all the oxygen and the capital out of the room by becoming very much the thing of the day? Hmm. I don't see NFTs as being that, that like sucked all the oxygen. I just think it was in waves. You had DeFi summer, then you had the meme coin stuff with Doge and with you know, following GameStop. And then you had the NFT boom that ran up until sort of like the August of, you know, DeFi summer was summer of 2020 and then summer of 2021 was very much NFTs. I think it just either moves back to DeFi 2.0, but I doubt it because of the regulation thing that I think will get really, really messy with the CFTC and the SEC and everyone cracking down like crazy on, on DeFi. I think it will be, dare I say it, the metaverse theme. I think that is a bubble that grows and grows and grows and then pops. That metaverse thing, it, it converges what gaming, NFTs, and now that NFTs are getting into DeFi with the whole fractionalization and lending and all that stuff, it's a convergence of all of them that I think could be just horrendous when it comes to mad FOMO and people not knowing what on earth it is. <laughs> mm. Maybe? What, what do you think? Yeah, I know, I completely agree. And I think there's got to be some kind of Web3 thing that massively popularizes and mainstreams the participatory nature of what NFTs did. So <sighs> NFTs made... <laughs> made all of this confusing space nice by slapping a picture on the front of it. And, and then people were like, oh, I like it. I want this one. I like this one more than that one. And so there's going to be a thing that massively broad bases and mainstreams the participatory nature of what is fungible, non-fungible, cryptographically secure. And that is something we don't know what it is yet. And that's going to be in 2022. But more mainstream than like pictures of apes. Like, like games, right? Like some, you know how, I guess Axie was already that, but then like a mainstream game, like Fortnite. It's funny that Web3 like play to earn type games tend to be low tech and low fi mm. and low processing power. And that's exactly the kind of games that, you know, I'm thinking here of Candy Crush. That's exactly when mobile mainstreamed gaming and massively like 10x'd its participation. That's the kind of gaming that can, yeah. So if it were that kind of gaming, yes. Hmm. Will any company decentralize itself in 2022? I resent that question because <laughs> um, <laughs> you're saying it as if it's like with glee, as if it's a great outcome. I, I just think that lawyers get wealthy. Um, it, it, it was pointless afterwards when you look back at it to say, why did we do that? If you build decentralized from the ground up, then maybe you've got something, but don't dow yourself out. Oh, see, I think... I actually think the opposite. I think if if you took OpenSea today, we've talked about this before. If you took OpenSea and you airdropped to everyone who'd been in OpenSea, you did an SOS, and then that was the governance token for the new OpenSea, and somehow you've 
created the legal constructs to make that viable and there's a board and there's governance structures. Awful. Awful. Where are disputes settled? What's the LLC? What's the cap table going to look like? Awful. Just an awful mess. I think it will be a response to regulation. I think they. I think some companies, they will have to. They will, especially the DeFi ones, they will basically have a situation where whether they like it or not, they will need to do some form of full decentralization. And that is one of the final, maybe the theme of like what NFTs were. I think maybe the hidden one for 2022 will be decentralized infrastructure. So you've had AWS outages, you've had DYDX having an, you know, a decentralized exchange having an outage because it's reliance on centralized infrastructure. I think decentralizing the tech stack, which until now has only been theory, I think that may may be ready for prime time. So everything from the file storage with Filecoin and IPFS and Arweave through to the, you know, the compute and processing with Gollum and with all these other protocols that are decentralizing computing all the way through to, you know, your CDNs and your video streaming and just everything. And maybe even, I know there's things like Helium that are trying to decentralize ISPs and actually get, you know, the, the core chunks of the internet properly decentralized. I think that may be the the next boom because it hasn't happened yet. There hasn't really been a Web3 infrastructure one. No. Yeah, the definitive people from ICP have been saying that that's what they do, but yes. Hmm. So maybe that will be it. Jonathan, great predictions. And is it time for us now to close out with CryptoPunk or CryptoFunk? Yes. And for this week, I thought just to be kind on time, if just one of us does it, and given you're the oldest, I think you should go first. <laughs> that, that we know of. Here, here are my two. <laughs> So it's it's crypto punk or crypto funk. Do you want the real one? Do you, do you want the first one? <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll have the real one, please. Are you ready? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So it's Mr. Llama Country Club X Old School Punk, and there's 500 of them, and it's on BSC. It's on Binance Smart Chain, and the floor is 306 dollars. Next, bath bags. And there's 30 of them all together. It's on Ethereum and it's vintage air sickness bags. <laughs> and the floor price is 0.002 ETH. Oh my God. Did you say that the BSC ones are priced in dollars? Yeah, I've converted everything to dollars. Oh, okay. I can give you the dollar values. No, that's that's fine. Um, What was the name? Of that first one? Was that one name? Mr. Llama Country Club X Old School Punk. I mean, that just sounds like something that you would make up. Well, wait, let me say more. So it's got llamas in it, the quite long necks mm. and the different things they're wearing and like a hat or ice cream cones or an astronaut's helmet. And they are llamas. But in a cartoon style. They're 2D. They're pictures. Yeah. Okay. And you said there's 500 of them. That's right, yeah. Mm, it's not a lot. And how many of the bath bags are there? Bath bags, there's 30. 30. And they're pictures. They're photos of bath, of, of, right, so they're <laughs> of airline eight, sickness bags. They're 8-bit style images of vintage air sickness bags from airlines. So, like, from Delta... Or there's one from Lao Aviation. There's one from there's British Airways one. 
And the Delta one says, I'll be back because it's, although it's an air sickness bag, you can also use it if it's a layover and you want to place it on your seat so that people don't come sit where, you know, those layover flights where the plane lands, but then other people get on. It doesn't happen as much anymore. You know that situation? Anyway, the Pan Am one is the most valuable. It's being sold for 0.3 ETH, so about $1,000. Okay, neither of these make any sense, but I'm thinking the Airlines one must be... You know, I actually don't know. I could do a coin toss and I just wouldn't... They both sound ridiculous. Uh, I'm going to say bath bags is... Real. No, I'm going to say bath bath bags is not real. It's the crypto funk. And the other one with the really long name is is real. It's a crypto punk. And um, is there anything that you <laughs> want to ask further? So point, many are questions. you really certain? I'm not really certain, certain that at all. I just, you know what I'm thinking? I'm not even thinking about the NFTs anymore. Mm. I'm basically thinking, what would you create out of your mm. head? Just thinking. Yeah. And I'm thinking your inspiration mm. probably would have been, wait, which one did I say was real and not real? I've forgotten already. I don't know. <laughs> Do you know though um, that of the uh, five hundred of the five hundred Lama country clubs that exist, only ten have been minted so far. So between now and I think something like the seventeenth of January, you could really you could get more Lama country clubs. Okay, I've changed my mind. I think I think that one's not real. I think the Lama something X. Oh, whatever it was, old punk is a crypto funk. It's not real. The bath bags, because you know your airlines, I feel like that's something that you've come up with. So that's got to be the crypto punk. (laughs) (laughs) You're using terms incorrectly. So which one are you saying is real? The bath bags. Is real. Okay. And the llama is, is, is fake. No, um, wait. Uh, wait, what? That is that is what you're saying because yes. you've you yes. really confused no. yourself. I'm okay, so... so you're saying the llamas llamas are fake and the bath bags are real. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, that's what I'm saying. Okay, so Jonathan Tipper, you've chosen to end it here because I'm wrong. <laughs> I regret to inform you that the bath bags are in fact a crypto punk. They are absolutely uh, no, so they're crypto funk. They're not real. The bath bags, I made those up. They're not real. They're a crypto funk. Wait, and what did I say? Whereas Crypto Punk is Mr. Llama Country Club X Old School Punk available on Binance Smart Chain. Go to airnft.com because those are indeed a real NFT. Mr. Llama Country Club X Old School Punk, a crypto punk this week's crypto punk. And Jonathan Tipper, you have not won this week's I feel like episode I of Crypto Punk ways. Crypto Funk. Like I feel like I backed what, it both ways. What confused you and me was that you used <laughs> the wrong terminology for a game that is confusing in and of itself. Great pod. (laughs) Top-notch podcast. Thank you, Jonathan Tipper. Thanks. Next week. Talk to you next week. Started during lockdown. Needed something to do. They looked at each other. They said, hey, I like talking to you. And so from a garden shed in a box room in West London, they're discussing tech. It's the small time best podcast. Done.
است. 